you know, everyone wants to be massive until they actually start trying to be massive and start to have to endure what it takes, particularly with the volume of food that's required. Yes, Hey, what's going on, guys? This week in drugs and stuff, we're going to do an experiment. I've got two episodes. We've got our PG episode uh, coming out today. You guys always ask us a bunch of questions that are, like, totally ad-friendly. So we're going to knock out those questions today. And then tomorrow, we're going to knock out everything else. If you guys have any questions for the podcast, then comment below. We'll be happy to tackle your questions next week, plus comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost the show up. And, hey, if you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Lots of education and entertainment from IPB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you reach your goals, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I've seen far too many people that put in a ton of work, but then they ultimately give up on their goals. And I want to tell you guys, you can do it. So we're going to discuss that today, talk about some strategies that you might be able to employ. And we've got a question about activating the lats. He uh, isn't able to get the same pump in his back as he can in other body parts. And this is super, super common. So we'll talk about back training. We'll talk about a bunch more. And then we'll see you back tomorrow for the other Q&A. And then next week, we're probably going to go back to our normal format. But hey, I wanted to do an experiment and see how it went. Hope you guys are doing great. Let's get to the show. The following movie is rated PG. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by you, the amazing people at Patreon. Seriously, you guys are helping to keep this thing together. We're also brought to you by our great sponsors, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings. Go to Strom Sports Nutrition for those of you in the UK. Lots of great health supplements over there, standalone products, health blends, and performance supplements. Plus, go to SupplementSource.ca if you're in Canada. They've got great deals that change week to week. So keep checking out their site. And of course, if you're in the UK and you, need to get your, and you need to get your lab work done, then go and visit Uncle Dave. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com. Dave, we had people say, like, Dave reminds me of, like, you know, like my uncle, my uncle who's teaching me about things. Can we call you Uncle Dave from now on? <laughs> yeah, if you must. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. All right, Uncle Dave. All right. <laughs> Okay. I love it, man. I love it. So we managed to, uh, at least for today, monetize the last episode, meaning that that will allow us to boost our programming further into the algorithm. I really tried to scale back. Like I didn't use specific words. I changed the title to gear Q&A because I felt like gear was a little more, you know, acceptable than than other words. Um and we managed to get it up there, but at the same time, then now we are not like optimizing the show. So it's a start, but we're going to do some experimenting. Uh, you guys always give us a bunch of great gear topics, and we've got all of those here. We are going to split this into two programs today as an experiment. Looking at the analytics, I see that most people watch about 30 minutes at a time. So that I gather you're watching a half hour, and then you come back and you watch the other half later at another time. Because uh, I do see that the whole show is getting consumed, as you would say, but it's in separate chunks. So we're going to try two two 30-minute trunk chunks today, and, and that way we have the PG version with Uncle Dave, and then we've got the rated R version, which will come later. And that one, well, it may or may not get monetized, but this one we should do pretty all right with. What do you think, Dave? Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dave doesn't like this idea. I'm not a big fan either, but the reality is... No, it's, I have no issue with splitting the show. I just... 
I know we have to change to stay alive and everything else. It just annoys me a bit, that's all. Yeah, it's it's a matter of, for me, the way I see it is, I see it as a, um, I see it as a challenge to play the game, and I want to play the game to win. So You it, are it, a challenge. You're very challenging. Dave, Dave, Dave. All right. I'm going to keep my patience, and... I wanted to bring us a topic because we had we had a couple listener questions that we can totally use and monetize. We always do each week, but then we got some other questionable stuff. Um, I had a client check in with me today. And the, the, the topic is what is the single biggest problem that gets in the way of people reaching their goals in bodybuilding? This is a problem that I've experienced in the past. This isn't a problem that I've seen countless people experience. And this is a problem that a client of mine was dealing with right now. He's getting leaner, right? He's gotten to a certain point and now he can't take it further. He, he's he's at a point now where the weight has gotten state steady. We he, He's had some weeks where he hasn't been quite plugged in um, and then he's gotten back on track. So a little bit of backsliding and then catching back up kind of thing. No matter what he does, he can't break the mark he's at now. He can't get the weight lower. And that's because it would take not messing up, basically. And, and here's what my concern is, is that we can only if you're not making progress, you're only going to do it for so long before you give up. That's my biggest fear with people. It's like when we make progress, that reinforces what we're doing. So the reality is, is that like you're on bided time right now if you're not making progress, because eventually when you don't see results, you're going to stop. So so there's that. The biggest problem that I see people make is that they don't stay consistent and then they fall off and then they lose progress and then they have to start over. I've had people that come work with me for like 16 weeks. They get their abs out. They look great. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going on vacation. Then I'll get back with you. They don't get back. Then six months later, they come back and they're right back where they started. Dave, when I when I got serious into lifting in the very early 2000s, I, I already had tons of experience with it, but I never stuck with it long term. I had to eventually say, no matter what, you know what I mean? No matter what, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to hold this together, even through the difficult times. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's low sorts of things that play into this. I mean, obviously, when you stagnate, I mean, what most people do from a diet point of view is they reduce calories. That becomes effective. They start to lose body fat, and then they'll get down to a certain level where that new that calorie point is now their maintenance. So they stall. When they stall, they lose focus and they start to slacken, and then that prevents them from progressing anymore anyway because now they're not actually sticking to what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I think there's that sort of thing goes on. Uh, but I think the other thing is you start, generally speaking, because you're unhappy with the way you look or feel. You start to lose weight. You start to feel better. You start to feel more comfortable in your clothes. People start to comment that you've mm. lost weight and you look better. And then the desire to change lessens because you're not constantly reminded that you are overweight. One, because you're not as big as you were, so you don't feel it when you move around, or two, clothes aren't as tight, or you don't look as bad when you stand in a mirror. All those factors come in, so the motivation reduces because 
you're no longer responding to looking at something or feeling something that you don't like. And the opposite can be true too, like the opposite direction. We're not just talking about fat loss. This also comes with a guy like me who's going to be more of a natural, like ectomorph type person. If I let it go, any muscle that I gained is going to go away, you know, mm. and then you're back to square one again. I see it with, with lads. They'll come, I'll put some size on them. They'll start feeling looking good in a t-shirt they start getting attention from people around them and not just the opposite sex, but just people in general, they enjoy that attention. And so they become more sociable. They start going out a little bit more and slowly their priority shifts to enjoying themselves and enjoying the attention they're getting. And, you know, fair enough, you've worked hard for it, but then the focus shifts away from maintaining. And so the physique starts to decline and they start to regress. Yes. So, yes. I mean, a lack of progress is obviously a demotivator, definitely. Um, uh, but also, actually reaping the rewards of your progress can be a demotivator. Yeah. I, I, I'm a victim of this myself. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've just, not to a major extent, but I, I've come back off holiday, didn't put a shitload of weight on. But it's taken me a good couple of weeks to get my head back into, right, stick to it now. Because hmm. there's been, and it's like last weekend I was in London, I was at the fight, so that meant a change in diet. This weekend it's our last birthday, we're going away for the night. That means a change in diet. And so I, I've, there's always distractions you can drop into if you let them happen. But it's taken me a good two, three weeks to sort of get solidly back on track. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dom Kuza, as I mentioned earlier, is with us. He's a guy local to me. Uh, I, I could have called him like an up and coming coach a few years ago, but I'd say he's pretty damn established, pretty darn established now. He makes a point. He says, uh, I started having people build a routine around one portion of coaching at a time. For example, give them three to four weeks of nutrition only. Um you know, that way you can build things up. I do think it's a matter of having the tools, you know, I mean, you, you reach a certain point, the heart, the further you go in either direction, the, and this is important stuff guys, cause this ties in all the gear stuff we talk about. If you don't have these things nailed, then that stuff <coughs> isn't, isn't going to matter because you're going to lose it all eventually when you quit, you know, when you, when you give up for a bit, but having the tools lined up, like the guy I'm talking about, he's trying to lose fat. He can't get any further. So and it, what's happened so far is he said, Hey, I had a bad week, but I'm back on track now. And I've taken that at face value, but now we've seen this repeatedly happen several times. So I think it's a matter of, okay, it's not just a matter of, acknowledging that you made a mistake but let's really dig in uh, of course like don't feel bad about it if you get your emotions tied in and you start feeling guilty and you start feeling like crap because you made a mistake i think that that's going to interfere with your ability to change but if we can just separate ourselves from that and say okay what were the specific mistakes you made when did those things happen how can we change that for the future that's how we are now building new tools that are going to allow you to break through that plateau and keep going well, the other thing is as well that to achieve linear progress, either in fat loss or in muscle growth, it gets harder. Yes. The further you go. Yeah. The further you go, the harder it gets. And a lot of people underestimate the effort required against reward. Yeah. They don't realize actually how hard it is at certain points. 
you know, everyone wants to be massive until they actually start trying to be massive and start to have to endure what it takes, particularly with the volume of food that's required. Yeah. Um, I mean, I see the, the one of the I think one of the biggest lack of progress or, or drop off points as well for people is is training. It, it's I go on about this all the time. I know I do. I'm beating a drum here, but. It's to me, it's the single most undervalued, underrated aspect of what we do that people fail to optimize. People will look at nutrition, they'll review their diets, they'll review their cycles, but they don't review their training and they don't try to expand their training knowledge. They don't try to improve their training. You know, they go in, they do what they do, and they, and even then, when you try to change that person, they find that incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and they'll keep fighting to go back to default, even though default hasn't been getting them where they want to go. Uh, and I, I think, you know, particularly around, people seem to be much more willing to try a new diet or try a different yeah. dietary approach or try a different um, chemical approach, but they're very reluctant to try different training approaches. Scott um, everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But instead of lift the big damn heavyweights, it's eat the big damn plates of food. Um, mm. But I do, I do. For me, the thing I think that derails a lot of people's progress, or maybe not derails, but just doesn't get them as far as they have the potential to go, is their lack of effort. Not particularly phys- just physical effort, but effort in knowledge gaining around training. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we have to remember, too, I think that training is the foundation. If I think back to why I got started, it's not because I was like, oh, you know what? I want to I want to you know, like eat a bunch of food. That's not the reason I started bodybuilding. I started bodybuilding because I enjoyed weightlifting. And then from there, I recognized like, OK, I'm making progress. And then I started thinking, well, what are some things I could do to improve that progress? And literally, the first thing I thought was, I had this big packet of steaks in the freezer. And this is literally the first diet change I made when I plugged in and stayed plugged in. I said, okay, so every time I work out, I'm going to eat one of those steaks after I'm done training. And that's what I did. Literally every workout, I did that till the steaks were gone. Then I got more steaks and then I got some protein powder. And you, you, you know, and then from there, you're thinking to yourself like, okay, well, what can I do to get more out of this, more out of this? And, and it all comes from that training. We actually had a really good question that is also PG. I'll throw it in here uh, about back training. And I love this comment from a comment from Brian. He says, only a true podcasting wizard could monetize a show called Drugs and Stuff featuring Dave Crossland. Thank you, sir. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> it, it, like you were saying, though, you that for me, you see, I... It was always I. I never really looked at diet or even chemicals. I always was constantly reviewing training. Yeah. What can I do to improve my training? What can I do to get greater stimulus? Absolutely. And that came that came from a naivety of thinking that the only difference between me and the guys in the magazines that I used to look at was that they trained harder than me. Mm. I like because I didn't. I didn't know drugs. I, I didn't know any of that. So I literally thought that they were the size they were because they trained harder than me, and I truly believe that. So I dedicated myself to trying to train harder and more effectively for a very long time. Then I learned about drugs. When those two combined, even with a iffy diet, 
to start with, things just went north very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Training, I think, is the number one uh, factor as far as who makes the best progress. So here's that question I had uh, from Blake. He says, I have trouble getting a good back pump. Um, can you get a back pump that feels like a bicep pump or a tricep pump, um, but in the lats? Uh, thanks, guys. I love listening to the podcast. And you don't know um, how many big truck trailers I've loaded listening to you guys. Awesome. Over the road, Blake. That's what we'll call you, Blake. Over the road, Blake. Um, you're not going to get a back pump in the same way you will with tries and buys because one of the you don't have a particularly final point of contraction with your back. I mean, there is, but it's not. So when you flex a bicep, you flex a bicep, bum, clock, done. It's not going anywhere. How big is that That's bicep not. right now, by the way? Because that your arm is looking pretty massive. Let me see that. Get that bicep out, Dave. There you go. Oh, let's get with this with the shirt sleeve thing there. Oh God! There we go. Nice. Yeah, you still have a hell of a peak on that thing. Yeah, you got to get the cabbage out of the way. <laughs> oh wait, wait! Um, I, can, I can give us a little. There you go. But my 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 point is, there's an end point with the contraction. Same with the tricep. There's an end point with the contraction. Where with back, it's like. If you're pulling back that way, it just sort of keeps going. And if you're doing a lat spread, though you get to a point, you're not really going to a dead stop point. Yeah. So there's that element to it. But back is a difficult muscle to connect to for a lot of people. That's the problem. Uh, and I think there's this certain – I've got a couple of tidbits which people can try definitely. Um, the first thing is body position. If you want to hit the lats and you want to focus the lats, keep the head neutral, keep the chest high, keep that back in a positive arch in every movement you do, be it a row or a pull down, and you'll find the load is much more lat focused. So if, if you're doing something like a low row where you lean forward, when you lean forward, don't drop your chest. Lift the chest. Keep, keep the chest high, keep the lower back high. And what you'll find is that as you lean forward, you won't need to go for it. It's a bit of an awkward stretch to do. But as you lean forward, you're not going to go very far, and you're going to feel those lats start to engage and stretch. Yeah. The other thing is elbows. Watch where your elbows go. So on a lat pull-down, make sure your elbow stays underneath the hand. You, you can't do it, but what you're trying to do is put the elbows into the side of the body. What most people do is get to about here, so the bar's sort of eye level, and then the elbows kick back, and then they pull down. Hmm. And as soon as the elbows kick back, you take loads of tension off the lat and you shove it all into the upper back. <clears throat> when you row, elbows tight, elbows in, and scrape them past your sides as you come through. Hmm. When you row, don't row up with a trap movement. Yeah, row so many down. people want to activate those traps. Traps are, you know, because hmm. here's the thing too, is that look at the, the traps are going to be uh, uh, for some people. Like I'll take a guy, if I see he has big traps coming in, I'm very curious to know what his back work looks like, and I'm very curious to know what his shoulder work looks like because I've seen guys that use a whole heck of a lot of traps on their lateral raises. You know, When you have a strong yeah, muscle yeah. group, you have to think your body's going to want to use whatever is yeah. strong to make that to make the, the movement happen. So absolutely, man. Yeah, so little things like that can really make a difference. Grip with your little finger. 
Not with your not with your first finger. Uh, go a thumbless grip. That will take some of it out of the arms, put a little bit more in the back. And just control your movements. I've talked about this uh, multiple times on the shows. Now, I, I had worked with, uh, I had trained every week with a very uh, intense pro. He was known for being very intense in the gym, uh, basically like throughout the bodybuilding community. And we were following plans that John Meadows had written for him. Um, I trained with him for five years on back day because I wanted my back to grow. I invested a lot of time. I invested a, an hour trip each way to go train with him. It was literally the, like half of my day off was spent around that workout, all the gear, all the food. I still didn't get the results that I wanted. You know, I, I backed off for a few years, you know, focusing on work, focusing on business. And um, when I plugged back in, I said to myself, if I'm ever going to get my back to develop the way I want it to, I need to do something different than I have been doing. And I started experimenting. And the number one thing for me is making sure that I engage the movement with the target muscle. I found that the best way I can do that is with a full stretch. So if I'm if you have problems growing your back, make sure that say in your lat pull down, make sure your arms are completely stretched up. If there's a bend in them, then you're still using the bicep. And when you start that movement, you're beginning to pull with that bicep activated. Try to pull with the lat first. I got the and I posted this again recently on another show I think here. But this was my back development in six months. This is literally six months time. The only thing I changed was my training. Like I wasn't eating a ton more. I wasn't running a ton more gear. I just changed my training. And granted that first picture, I was kind of like detrained at the time. But I mean, and, and then by the end, I was obviously like really plugged in. But that was the best like chunk of progress I had made in back way better than I had in all of those years combined previously. And it all came down to looking at the activation. If the muscle isn't growing, then why is that? If the muscle isn't pumping up, then why is that? You know, I think he started with a really good question. You know, what, why, why is it that my back's not getting a pump? And I think that it, it's not engaging. Yeah. I think that that's the number one thing he's dealing with. I mean, I, I spent, it would have been months just learning to engage my back. Yeah. Playing with tempos and grips and elbow track to I started to feel it in my back. And then once I started to feel it in my back, I could then much easier pull with my back. Yes. Yeah, it takes time to turn that so it, on. It, it wouldn't matter if I started a lot pull down in that position because even from there... I was using my back to pull the load. Right. And I got to the point where I wasn't even gripping the bar. I was using hooks and just letting it hang. Yeah. I find straps are very helpful for that. And just pulling from the elbow. So, but it, it took months of not trying to push heavier weights, of not trying to progress with what I was doing with the weights. My sole single drive was to feel it more. And I tried every single different nuance of change I could think of Right, elbow there, elbow there, hand here, finger here, width grip, inch wider, inch narrower, you know, and I kept playing around until I got where I felt it. Then the more I felt it, the more I could actually make it feel on anything I did with my back. Yep, I would and agree. The, and then my back then my back grew and then I got strong. And but that's if you're when not, I started If you're not used to that though, it's not gonna mm -hmm. happen the first day, right? 
Oh, it took it took months. It it wasn't an overnight thing. It took a long time. Chest was even worse. Yeah, I really struggled with chest engagement. But yeah, it took months. Um, and my weights dropped down, and I was you know just concentrating on feel and squeeze and and what a lot of people regard as a bit of a pump and fluff sort of movement. But I still trained intensely, but I was still not losing that feel. And as I went heavier, if I, if I lost the feeling in my back, I'd readdress the weight so I got the feeling back. Yeah. But then when when the engage, you get to a point where the connection your brain has with the muscles in your back, you just do that movement and you feel your back engage. It, yes. it just kicks in straight away. It's, I almost then, see it as like a physical therapy to learn how to contract it properly at mm, first, you know? And then at that point, then I started pushing load. Yes. Yes. And that's when I, and then I was doing 500 plus pound pull downs and, and six, six plate aside rows and, you know, moving big numbers, but still feeling it where I wanted it. Yeah. yeah. You had trained yourself to, to use the strongest muscle first. You got that muscle strong enough to be the dominant mover. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, and, and then, and then everything, everything fell in place. And I, I did that with everybody part of my body. So, should I not post comments to you like this one then uh, in order to keep you on track? He says, uh, Yobel, he says, I swear since two or three episodes ago, Dave looks healthier on each one and way more handsome as well. Thanks for the good content as always. Does that derail you? Does that give you that sense of satisfaction that makes you stop trying? Should I post comments where people are like, you look like crap? No, that because that does that doesn't motivate me either. I don't give a shit what people think of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't mean that in a cocky sense. It's just the amount of trolling and abuse I got over doing the under construction stuff. Yeah. After a while, you just get immune to it because it was just constant. Yeah. So I've sort of switched off to that now. It, it's and that's never been a motivator. It, it's it's what I think of me that's important to me. That's what motivates me. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'm unhappy with the way I look, and so I'm changing that. And, and it's it's still a way to go, but we're we're back on track now, and it'll keep going. The only thing I haven't been doing is getting to the gym as much as I'd like. Good. Well, I'd say plug that back in. Do it today. You know, figure out the reasons why you're not doing it. Turn it back because on. it's minus frigging six at five o'clock in the morning, and I don't want to go. Oh, boohoo! What's minus six anyway? <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, what's minus six, Dave? Celsius to Fahrenheit. I don't know. Okay. Let's see. Degrees and let's see. Whoops. Minus six. That's 21 degrees, Dave. That's like like normal here in Michigan. That's like an average day in January, February. That's a warm day. You going to the gym involves you walking down a flight of stairs in your heated house. Actually, correction. It involves me walking out of my office into the gym, walking through this one door right here. But, hey, I do have to walk the dogs twice a day to keep some of my cardio in, get my steps in. And we do rain or shine, snow or sleet, negative six Celsius or not. We walk the dogs. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up, Dave. I, th- I think this is a good conversation. It was very PG. <laughs> yeah, that's why we've got good old people watching. <laughs> All right. We'll see. We'll see how this does in the algorithm. And, uh, of course, we're still going to do our rated R Q&A. 
next. Can we swear in that one then? No, well, we we don't want to. We want to still try. We don't want to just mm. give up. You know, you're not a big swearer anyway. You know that you're not like a guy who's dropping the f bombs left and right. You mean I'm not Ron? You're not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, for another episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland, I'm Scott McNally. Go to our great sponsors, EvalBloodAnalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave Strauss Sports Nutrition for those of you in the UK. TrueNutrition.com. If you're here in the US, use our code THINK for additional savings. Uh, SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians, and of course, thank you to our lovely people at Patreon. You guys are doing an amazing job to help out what we're doing. We appreciate you. All right, guys. We'll see you soon.